So I carry it on my back like a mule bringing ice cream to the sun. Mary Ruffel. Harlan Kelly graduated from Indiana University in 2014. He still lives in Bloomington, Indiana, where he is one of the current hosts and founders of the Bloomington Poetry Slam. He is the author of no books and has just recently become a dog person. Sorry it took him so long. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus Dorsey. Harlan, what poem have you brought for us today? This poem is called Really Quick, Can I Tell You the Story of Everything Ever? And for those of you keeping score at home, this is a Sistina. All of a sudden, I am a doctor. I want to heal people who are sick. It upsets me that I can't heal everyone. I want to teach people everything. That way, they aren't sick and they can kiss, and we can all heal our own body forever. Suddenly, every person ever is okay forever. We have all taught each other how to be a doctor. People lick the floors and even give the street a kiss. Together, we all forget it is even possible to be sick. We take our bodies and do anything to everything. No one is afraid to immediately embrace everyone. We fix everything, and suddenly there is infinite time and space for everyone. We never run out of anything despite everyone living forever. I'll prove it. Here is a list of everyone and everything. I just read you a list of everything everyone has done and wants to do absolutely undoctored. The list includes every way someone has ever been sick. Then I remember it's likely you could get sick if you were to give everyone a kiss. I'm scared because, as you know, I said all I want to do ever is kiss on the list. I even added I want to kiss absolutely everyone. Now I am hesitant to do what I want to do for fear I might get someone sick. Then there will be sickness again, and we won't have everything forever. I feel like I need to remember this kissing sickness possibility because I am a doctor. Because someone told me doctors need to know a lot of things about everything. We need to know how things happen so we can fix everything. So I think about all the ways you can get sick, and then I stop kissing. My thoughts feel sick, and if I'm sick, then maybe I'm not a doctor. If I'm not a doctor and everyone else is, then I'm not everyone. Now I've created a world where I will be alone forever. I have made myself sick. I tried to remember what people do when they are sick. I reread the list of absolutely everything. I laid down in my room and read it forever. I circled every time ever that anyone kissed or wanted to kiss. I ended up circling the name of absolutely everyone. I even circled the name of everyone that is still a doctor. I say out loud, I am sick and I'm unsure if I am a doctor. Everyone and everything tells me, hey, it's okay. We all kiss forever. This is called Meditations at 20 Miles Per Hour. I always tell my mom that I wear a helmet when I ride my bike around town, but I don't, even though this is how I go everywhere. I cut through sidewalks to get to class, roll through stop signs on the way to work, pump as fast as I can to get to my friend's house, obey traffic laws on the way back from the bars. I'd bike to where friends used to live, waving a low hello like a turning signal, but also like when you stick your hand in a wall of ivy to see how it feels, to pluck at the cool dangling vines, watch gravity swing its balance down. This is how I would visit friends when I couldn't talk to them. Over the phone, you can't touch their arms or plop your head in their lap. So I take myself on a guided tour to Lane's Red Duplex with beer-soaked carpets 
where the first time we met, she, Ben, and Anthony interrogated me about me, and their fingers gave away their excitement. I tried to learn how to do that, to send, would you like a beer, with my body every time I meet someone new. I ride up Indiana Avenue to Anthony's little place with no internet, because if I am here, I want to be sleeping or writing where we talked about how all things end by participating in the sacred ritual of Nintendo and guzzling down the pissiest beer. On to Ben's apartment, where we made up a song with a chorus that went, It's not fair, life's not fair, there's nothing we can do. But it was a dancing major progression, and we laughed at the contrast and made up as many verses as we could. Over through the colonized mansions, the buzzing hives with no worker bees, steel cages stamped with Greek letters, signs I'd never been able to interpret. This summer, when I was having a hard time getting out of bed at 1 p.m., I'd hump up these hills and coast down on my bike because I am terrible at meditating. I can't be clear or sit still. I should do the dishes, go read that Claudia Rankin poem, put these clothes in my room, because what if my roommates see me sitting here while the house is dirty? but I found stillness by hurtling myself down half-mile hills. Carving down streets felt like dragging a spoon through a big bucket of water, air yelling in my ears. This was all a constant tapping. Letting myself appreciate anything became a reminder of how easy it is to shatter. If a small screw were to be too rusted, if a strap from my pack were to tangle in my spokes, if my worn-down shoes were to slip on the pedal, shifting my weight too far from what my body has memorized, I would know I have a face when I feel every piece of it peel off my bones. I'll know what hadn't been hurting. Taking my palms off the handlebars, I reached for the sky, praying the sun would come up even though it wasn't time. I knew I could die if I twitched, if any part of me did not work. I was gripping every cell of my body by the back of the skull, screaming into each tiny ear, Look! Look at life without you. You could be spread on the asphalt like a crumpled jar of jelly, could be a possum on display in bloated pieces, but you are not. So I am flying down this hill, coasting on the slope home, following the road through the gullies carved in the limestone hills, dragging my fingers across the layers of cool gray rock stacked up like wizened pancakes, gliding through the packed woods that are the warm collar of Indiana, following the path the trees let us cut on the condition that once a year we gaze at their colors, letting them soak into our eyes so we can carry them through the winter. I roll through the gut of cornfields, hearing its throbbing hum the way some adults can't hear high pitches. I was told, you can only see a cornfield if you stare into it for 18 years. I've been far enough in to see nothing except blades at the stalk's tip. They will all be cut down come October. I come to a stop in my town like a basketball left to bounce in an empty gym. I cross all the rotting door frames until I find the one that gives me my mother sitting at the table, and before I speak, I touch her face. It is not swollen, and her hair is not gone. And I can be 14 if I want. I have a mohawk, and I kiss her. And still, all eight of her gardens are well kept, because she has time to make things grow, to pay attention to the roots of every plant. And every deer eats only the weeds, and no one says anything wrong. And there is music playing from inside the house. It bursts out like the sunshine floods in, and snakes fall from the trees, sliding through the grass and into the field, and no one is afraid, 
Everyone I know pulls into the driveway. They are all wearing helmets, and my mom tells them she is proud of them, and my dad is stacking firewood to keep us all warm, and everyone lays in the grass watching the tiny particles that you can't see float through the air unless the sun is shining. You've been listening to Poetry by Harlan Kelly on The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus-Dorsey.